I welcome back everybody for another edition in this Social Token series. I am extremely excited for today's guest, uh, Micah Johnson, who I've known for quite a bit of time at this point in this space. He's doing some really exciting things. Wanted to bring him on as a a true kind of prominent creator within the world of the NFT uh, space. And so, Micah, thanks so much for joining me today, man. No, excited, excited to be on here, man. Excited to get it rocking. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of things we're going to talk about, obviously, today. One area I wanted to kind of start off was you have a really, really inspiring, interesting background. So I'd love to just hear kind of your journey into crypto, and then we can get into some of the interesting things you're doing. Yeah, so, you know, um, I played Major League Baseball uh, um, for seven years, um, and growing up, that's the only thing I ever wanted to do. And so since I was three uh, until I, you know, I made it in 2015, I always was very unapologetic about I was going to play Major League Baseball. Um, and contrary to every teacher who said I probably should have other plans or other options, um, I was very uh, persistent on that was what I was going to do. Um, and um, discovered painting in 2016. Um, and I got traded over to the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, at that time in 2016. The Dodgers were loaded with superstars and, and icons that I grew up watching. And I was incredibly nervous. And uh, the manager had brought me up into the into the front of the, the room um, to introduce myself. And, and he asked me what I'd like to do. And I got pretty nervous. I was, um, and, and I played piano. I didn't want to say, you know, I played piano because I had a feeling that he would probably wheel a piano in and I have to play piano in front of the whole team. So I said painting. It was like, there's no way this guy's going to make me do a painting. And he's like, okay, great. You're going to have to do a painting of Maury Wills. And so created this painting of Maury Wills, Dodger icon, guy I would eat lunch with every day, bunt with every morning. Um, went to the went to Walmart, got like the, you know, the, the, the basic paints, basic canvas, and spent the rest of spring training, you know, after these games and practices making this painting. Bring it, I had to present it at the last, like one of the last days of spring training, got in front of the team, presented it, and it was awful. And, uh, but all these guys came up to me that I like look up to and we're like hey hey man this is really good like you're incredibly talented wow like i could never do this and 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 all i knew was like okay i'm a good painter and so that rest of the year i worked on my my paintings i was taking canvases on the road fell in love with painting fell in love with the process of watching myself get better fell fell in love with the process of watching a blank canvas turn to something at that time semi beautiful right um and so had a couple solo exhibit i mean so a cu- couple exhibitions at dodger stadium one in atlanta um, and I was like, okay, I'm, I, I retired from baseball in 2018 prematurely and, uh, figured I'd just go straight into, straight into art. And which was funny was because I realized now that everybody was buying my art or supporting my art because I was the baseball player that was a painter. That was cool. When I was just a painter and no baseball was attached to it, nobody was knocking on my door to buy anything that I was doing. And so, you know, fast forward to that end of 2019, I was like, look, I just want a full year, no income, you know, practicing my craft, no way to get my art out there. I don't know how to like reach out to a gallery or what that even looks like. Discovered crypto, discovered uh, this thing called digital art and super rare. And uh, I was like, this is interesting. Uh, there was like three or four articles online, not many. Um, and, you know, it led me to a discord, led me to a Twitter and started just reaching out to people and asking questions. Um, and released my first NFT in early 2020. Um, and what, what really I, what gravitated toward, uh, me towards crypto was the accessibility I had to some of the brightest people 
um, in the world. And, you know, they were, yeah, like, come into this Discord, come here, go there, look at that, you know, let's hop on a call. And I was like, this is incredible because I just went a whole year of my life trying to figure out what I was going to do, reaching out to people in the traditional world that, like, didn't give me the time of day. And here we are, like, I'm getting all this information, all this guidance on blockchain and, and all this. And fast forward to the end of 2020, ended up winning the NFT of the year that year. And so um, it, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm, I, you know, the, the, the fact that that is that is my path to crypto. <laughs> that's yeah, that's incredible, man. And, and there's so much to dig into there where I want to start with. And this is kind of let's say your, your marquee character that really puts you on the map within the NFT world. Right. Is, is this character called Aku, which is, again, him and of himself has an extremely inspiring story that I want you to get into. Um, maybe talk through, you know, what the origin story was for Aku, why you decided to create him. And then we can get into actually some of the you know success you've already had in terms of being the first NFT based character to be optioned for a Hollywood studio. Let's start at the beginning, though. What is the origin story around Aku and who, who is Aku? So Aku is is a character that if you look back on my paintings is is based around uh, my paintings. So you talk about my paintings and, and um, you know, early 2020, my nephew asked if astronauts could be black. And so at that time, like I said, I had no representation, no nothing. So I was just making uh, these these paintings with my nephew in an astronaut helmet and was sending him images. And I was able to see like in real time, like his whole like confidence, like shoot. And then he was like, you know, watching these NASA programs on on TV, building rocket ships out of cardboard boxes. Um, and I was like, this is this is so fulfilling. Like seeing that was more gratifying than uh, stepping on the foul line on opening day in Kansas City. And I guess this is bigger than me. Um, reached out to Gallery and LA Art Angels. They they hosted me uh, a solo exhibition for me, sold out immediately. Um, and the, the the response was incredible from the collectors. But what I realized was those paintings and my message, which is hanging on, you know, individuals' walls. And so that is how I came up with, you know, I wanted to do a digital character, get it out into the world so more people can um, see this message. I'm not a very uh, outspoken human. I'm not going to go talk about what I've ever done. So uh, I saw Aku as like a way to inspire, you know, another generation or the, or the next generation of dreamers. And, you know, created Aku, uh, released it as an NFT in February of this year. Um, with no expectation other than just like I wanted to get Aku out into the world. I felt like this was something that was meaningful to me, um, and I just wanted to see how it responded. Um, and uh, first 60 seconds of that day, we, we released it as an NFT, sold over a million dollars. Um, and the most powerful thing about all that, this was like in the middle, you remember like when there was NFTs were booming, was the fact mm -hmm. that um all the headlines at that time were like this sold for this much and this much and this much but the headlines at that time were about aku like literally like what people were responding like i see myself in aku or this is what aku means to me and that's when i knew that this was actually even bigger than anything i could ever imagine and like just went straight to work on how can i get this like how can i not only like reward those people that, that, that made this happen on, after chapter one but like how can i um build this out really big and, and reach a broader audience. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and you mentioned there NFT-based character, right? And to, and to make this a bit more tangible for people, chapter one being that first drop that you just referenced, what has been, I guess, the inspiration for getting Aku out into the world? How have you done that, right? Maybe talk a little bit about these chapters, where you are with those, and we can even get into the future plans for, yep. you know, the rest of these chapters and how you're thinking about that. You know, so, you know, like I said, I was in NFTs for a year and I understood what it meant 
um, to build a community and understood what that community could do for, you know, obviously my artwork, they, they spread the word about my artwork. Um, and so I understood what, it, what orchestrating a community around a token could do for uh, a creator. And so releasing Aku as an NFT is much, is very similar to like, you think about old comics, right? Releasing, you know, here's, you know, the Hulk, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is the first, these chapters, you know, there's 10 of them are the origin story of Aku as like the first iteration and versions of Aku. But by doing so as an NFT, what happens is you're able to have an audience that isn't just liking or sharing this, this character that I post maybe on social media. They're actually, you know, spending dollars and telling their friends to go spend dollars because this is a character they believe in or, the, or a creator they believe in or a message they believe in. Um, and that, what that does is it creates this alignment with me and, you know, the collectors and, and what that does is create a really like a, uh, a core group of evangelists to go spread that message even further. Right. Because now they're incentivized to, to do it because obviously with NFTs, uh, being, being liquid, there's a secondary market or, you know, um, and so it creates this like wildfire that, you know, really there's nothing else out there that can, can really replicate that. Yeah. And so when you talk about like community and it's been a, a core theme of this entire kind of mini series that I've done with bringing on people, as, as you know, well, you know, Cooper Turley's of the world, Just Lost of the world. This concept of community is so central to what we're talking about here. Right. And so maybe maybe again, to make this a bit tangible for people, talk through how you've built up such a strong community for Aku so far, right? In, in the first four chapters, chapter five coming extremely soon. And where does that community live? Like how, what is the the tangible, I guess, representation of that community? So th this is what's interesting about Aku. Um, because we're building this out to be a much longer, really a media company and a franchise, it's a long-term vision, right? And you see a lot of NFTs that exist and you can flip them and there's liquidity and you can, you know, make money instantly, double your money, whatever it is. Right. So there's a balance that needs to happen where you can, can incentivize people to continue to collect these understanding that, you know, this is, you know, movies take a while to make, you know, video games take a while to make and everything we're doing is designed to last, not like a year or two, but decades. And, and really you look back at like what Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse is century, right? So like, that's how we're building it. And in order to like, in, um, keep the community engaged on discord and Twitter, what it does, what it, what it forces a creator to do like myself is be actively involved in the community and building in the open. And so when you think about what does it mean to be a creator in, in this kind of web three environment, um, you really are a CEO slash community manager, most importantly, community manager at top. And what that means is instead of going to get a bunch of moderators that are like, are, you know, telling, you know, you know, um, third person perspective of what's going on, you got to be in there, um, and engaging with, with the community and be accountable and accessible. And so what I've had to do, and what I honestly, one of my favorite parts about this is being in the discord on a daily basis and saying, this is what we're doing. Um, this is, you know, how we're building it this is how I'm thinking of it. What do you guys think? Like, you know, how can I, is there, is, is there any feedback that you have that we may be, I'm thinking of this differently. Um, and so it, it's really just being, a, you know, accountable and accessible. We've had, we've had mistakes. We've had bumps in the roads. We've had learning experiences, but you always got to be there. Um, so 
that's that's critical if you're building something that um, is is meant to be long term. Yeah, and I definitely want to hit on the kind of bigger picture vision of this, right? And you mentioned that kind of global media brand and company you're trying to build around Aku as, let's say, that that cornerstone or marquee, you know, um, uh, IP. And we'll get to that in a second. But one thing you hit on there that I, I want to reiterate is opening yourself up to this community, right? And building a community that starts off initially, you know, smaller and starts to branch out as you have more people who are not only financially incentivized, but also the story of Aku resonates with them. So they, they want to go out and tell their friends and tell their family about, you know, the, the, the origin story of Aku, how they can get involved. You also open up yourself to this entire new group of people who can bring their own opinions or their own resources to the table that allow you to kind of scale up what you're trying to do, right? Like maybe mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how that's gone, right? And and the benefits of, you know, kind of building in the open, right? And building alongside a community versus, you know, creating something and then let's say dropping it and hoping that they like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a mutual, been a, uh, it's mutually beneficial because like, if you think about how IP is created in a silo and, and, you know, some of these studios or, or, or um, there's really no like market testing going on. You just kind of like spend a lot of money and, and, and here's the film, hope you like it. Oftentimes that doesn't work well. And so by including the community and building the open, you, two things are happening. You're mitigating risk and you can build slowly and, and release things over time that build onboard new people while also proving out, like maybe you can release a character and the character could suck, right? At least we know the character sucks early before the character, we spend hundreds of million dollars to make a film, right? Um, and so that is one thing that is uh you know selfishly really important to what we're doing is that real-time feedback that we can get from an ip perspective secondly um it's funny because like when we speak to maybe you know in, in investors or, or other people outside of the crypto world they're like how big is the team or who's the team and i always make it a point to say well the team is actually you know these humans but also uh, thousands of other humans that have real world experience and some of them are like at the top of their, you know, uh, respective fields that are incentivized as well to like see this thing grow. And so I'm, I'm able to get feedback from people from social strategy, marketing. Uh, I mean, there's this guy right now who's sent stickers to five different continents, over thousands and thousands of stickers to people. So like getting the word out, like that building in Web3 enables you to have a very large team of 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 incredibly incentivized people mutually incentivized as, as i am to, to see this thing you know grow so you know the team is massive essentially yeah no no I, and i find that point fascinating right it's, it's like community at its truest in its truest form and its truest sense and you mentioned again the the grander vision around how you're not just building for the next 12 months, you're building for something that'll last the test of time, right? I, I really love the parallel to like, you know, Mickey Mouse as a, a cornerstone or marquee piece of IP. Maybe let's get into, okay, what are what are you doing right now, right? You're in the process of launching, you know, a, a new kind of Web3 native media company. Let's talk a little bit about that, what what Web3 native even means um, and and what the kind of grand, you know, plan and vision is for 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 that company that you're starting. Yeah, so you know, essentially, how I look, how I think about Web three, Web three allows value to occur from like uh, bottoms up, but also top. Like it's like a, it's like a, um, like an hourglass, right? Like like mm -hmm. values going all uh, both ways instead of you know uh, me as the central you know topco or or entity securing all the value. Um, that's how I think of, about Web three. So when we talk about building a Web three native media company. 
um, what we're really talking about is building out, you know, a media company that that's not, um, you know, not necessarily dependent on traditional media, but still has the flexibility to enter into traditional media. You, you, you know, you can license TV and film, you can do consumer products, you can do everything you see uh, media companies do. But at the same time, all that all that is done as almost a way to drive, you know, audience back into uh, the the crypto ecosystem where you know there's audience being orchestrated around tokens um, social tokens is an example nfts is another example uh, play to earn gaming which is for us and is one of the uh, marquee divisions of what we're building because that is really where you can uh, from an ip perspective allow people to develop ip create collaborative uh, collaboratively and also um really there's it's, it's more accessible onboarding opportunities and because and this is my thing is like eth addresses are the new email and shipping address so now everybody has an eth address that is we have access to to reward them in perpetuity right and so let's think about this and let's play this out in like some idealistic form typically in order to get um, an Aku movie distributed to a large enough audience for Aku to make an impact, you would have to go basically sell the IP to one of these major distributions uh, studios, right? Well, I believe that if we can build an audience through, you know, something like play to earn gaming or um, orchestrating around tokens, and there's value being, you know, driven all across to the audience, that there's a world where you, we can create a film and distribute it direct to the audience um and that's very important to this because what that allows is more value to occur to the audience instead of us giving up the value and the value sits at the top co and basically that's game over right um and so when i think about that like web3 native media company basically what it means is we are creating the infrastructure or leveraging existing infrastructure to build a big enough audience to distribute ip to and and products and and benefits uh, in perpetuity, right? And so, to your point, the audience themselves, right? Whether they're early kind of chapter holders that've been with you since the beginning, whether they come in and they start to acquire these chapters later on in the in, in the let's say you know Aku life cycle that audience themselves has actual like tangible ownership over to a certain degree the ip and what it is that you're creating right they have that incentive they have that ownership and there's so many different ways in which you can play that because what i think to to a point that you hit on that i want to reiterate because i, I very much agree nfts and, and crypto more broadly you're, you're basically creating these on-chain social graphs right of audience and, and fan bases and communities that you can then directly tap into whether it's again something as as simple as you know a, a token airdrop if you're going to launch a social community token all the way to actually having those be the you know early access to aku's first feature film right and, yep. and being the ones who really are the ones driving that distribution channel i think it's a really interesting just a dichotomy between the traditional kind of media model that you've outlined versus what you guys are trying to do where you're almost circumventing some of the traditional incumbent players by building out the different capabilities that they tend to offer but by doing that in a way that 
the audience and the and the community themselves have real ownership and they all must become your distribution and your marketing team and that can again scale to thousands or tens of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people that are kind of your biggest evangelists or your biggest advocates right is that is that somewhat how you guys are thinking about things 100% but i think it could scale to much more uh, than that i think it could be millions hundreds of millions of of people similar to like whoever is downloading at disney plus or whoever is downloading um you know, or watching, you know, going to D- Disney World, like, what we believe is, you know, Web3 allows us to scale in a way that like, quicker, because of the, the, the orchestrated alignment, um, than like what Disney had to do, or, or let's say Marvel, or one of these amazing studios, because the, the infrastructure didn't exist to like, um, have a whole thousands of people early on evangelizing, you know, IP. And so, I believe that like when you get to that scale, millions and millions of people, like there's no, and that is, that is our objective is, is a, a, to, to mimic what the distribution reaches of, of a major studio. Then you have an audience base that um, you can tap all the time. Like you can legitimately send, mm-hmm. you know, NFT for consumer products. Like here's an NFT to everybody who watched the first feature film. Now you can go redeem this and get, you know, all this cool gear. Like mm-hmm. you do that instantly. Like that never existed before. Like I walk in, my daughter loves Frozen. I walk into Target and get something, you know, Frozen related. Nobody like, they can't, Disney can't tap back into me. Like they can't say, oh, you, I see you bought this. Like, like, so like it stops there. Like being able to like orchestrate around it, Web3 allows us to constantly have touch points that can uh, bring people, the community along. Um, and not necessarily as consumers, but as like, you know, a part of this, as, as treating them as part of the team. Absolutely. And how do you think about, so, so I think Disney is a really good example there, but maybe a better um, um, kind of a, a platform to compare to is how do you view something like some, some platform like a Netflix, right? In terms of distribution, do you view that as a competitor, what it is you're trying to do or more complementary to the longer term strategy? You can actually leverage, let's say somebody like a Netflix to grow that distribution in a, in a complementary way to, you know, having that on-chain distribution. Just again, curious to hear your thoughts of how you're thinking about the interaction with these incumbents, not just for you guys, but the future of, let's say, these Web3 native media businesses. I think I think what we see with Web3 is that there's there's opportunities to capitalize yourself as a company. Um, I, you know, you look at the stoner cats model, right? They were able to capitalize themselves to go and make animated, uh, TV, right? There's, there's, there's certain, um, um, infrastructure that exists in web three that allows the community to say, like, okay, we want to fund this, right. Or capitalize ourselves in order to, you know, create, um, animated TV or animated film or gaming. Right. And so we see like, you know, the Netflixes or you know HBO Maxes as as complementary. What we what we think though is instead of saying like, you know, being dependent on them for distribution, like you look at like Bored Apes and what they've been able to accomplish in a couple months, like mil- they have millions of eyes on them, right? We believe that like now instead of going to Netflix and, and being dependent or somebody of that uh, uh, in that ecosystem dependent on them for distribution it's a different conversation. Like, you know, it's where it's mutually beneficial. Like we're, we're already bringing the audience and the finished product. It, it would be great to just, to show this on your platform and reach more people. And we already have, you know, you have a proven model out that shows how many people you have following or how many people are holders or, you know, um, a finished product. 
And so that's the way I look at it. It's not, it's, it's just, it's not competitive at any, by any means. It's just no longer dependent. Um, and mm-hmm. it gives more, more optionality to how you distribute uh, forms of content. Um, and that, you know, like, I think there's, uh, I think they still serve a massive importance in this role. Right. And you get to a point where they're almost, you think about your HBO Maxes and your Netflixes of the world, they're almost competing to kind of win your business for lack of a better word, right? They're competing to be the, the platform that is able to showcase, let's say, you know, Aku's future film, maybe after a two week or a month period where, you know, your, your, your community members and your token holders were the first ones to get access, early access to it. Now, somebody like a Netflix or an HBO Max can actually show that, right? And so I think that concept is really interesting because you're, you're leveraging existing incumbents. You're not necessarily trying to go from zero to one, but you're leveraging them to grow your distribution, but you're not dependent. I think that's a really good way that you put it. You're not dependent on them to grow that community. And the community aspect is interesting because now you have an entire slate of people that are not only helping to be your biggest advocates in your, your marketing department and your distribution channel, but they're also coming up with new ideas and starting to create content, right? One thing I think that's really interesting is people get into the Yaku Discord, for example, yep. is the, the uh, entire movement around education, right? So maybe we could, yep. you could touch on how people are actually, you know, painting murals of Aku in different places and 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 tapping into schools and leveraging Aku as a character to again bring to life some of these some of these things you've been talking about. Yeah, that's a great example because you know. Touching on that on on the distribution and why it's mutually beneficial for to distribute this through uh, or how Netflix can see this or HBO Max or et cetera can see this as mutually beneficial is like you're bringing we're bringing along invested you know uh, audience members and so if it was dis- distributed on your platform like look these people are incredibly passionate about you know Aku already and so an example of that. You know, I touch on the stickers, but like the education part of Aku is something that is obviously incredibly important to to this because this is really at the core of it. This was what uh, my my mission and target was. Um, it's it's a lot more challenging when you think about how do you get Aku into a broader you know uh, you know school system or across the country or across the world. Um, and so, what's been really fascinating is watching you know educators um, take it upon themselves and saying, okay, like we're going to go do this in our school. And so one example of that, um, you know, teacher in Atlanta um, has been introducing Aku through school, like making worksheets, like what are your dreams and having a picture of Aku. And, and like, he's, we have saying constant communication about the way that how much he's seen his, his students really resonate and like, like have so much fun. He'll show them the chapters, you know, he'll show them different things that we release and just the engagement level. Like it's incredible to see He's taking it further and it's like, okay, we've secured an opportunity to paint Aku mural on the wall that kids can create and then we'll give it to an artist and they'll put it on a a massive mural in Atlanta. And then on top of that, there's there's a program, a space program that, you know, they're doing it and and introducing Aku in different ways that, you know, Aku is a conduit at this point, right? It's not so much about Aku's chronological story arc. It's more of like Aku being a conduit to teach kids about their dreams. And so you have these these educators who are just organically um, integrating Aku into their, their program. And, you know, of course, a, a, a massive uh, thing we're talking about when we talk about tokens and stuff is like when you start thinking about treasuries and, and ways that we can provide even additional resources to them to activate even you know faster and, and, and more efficiently and, and take it off their plates. 
um, and just provide me a resource. And I think that is really what's, uh, if I think about this like long-term where it's really, um, I see that where this is going more than like having an organized entity of, you know, at the top level, that's like saying, this is the educational program. I think it's trusting in, in, in what the teachers are already, like, they understand their community. They understand their students. Like they understand, um, they know better than obviously I know about what, what to do. So like, it's better to just provide resources for them if in, in whatever capacity we can. Yeah, and and tease, let's tease this out a little bit in terms of like a, a, a real life example, right? I think that's a really good one where at the let's say that at the top level you come out with there's a there's an Aku feature film, right? And let's mm -hmm. say you earmark a percentage of the revenue or the profits that your uh, Web three native media company you know makes or brings in from the sales of whether it's pre sale tickets, whether it's the token holders, and then it's eventually to platforms like a Netflix or maybe an HBO Max, right? You earmark part of that revenue to go to this community treasury, as you just touched on, and then the community themselves can come together and say, okay, let's allocate X percent of this or X dollar amount from that treasury to go and help fund all these different initiatives that you're talking about, right? Whether it's, you know, teachers and, and the educational route, whether it's, you know, growing the um, uh, content creation around Aku and trying to find new ways in which Aku can play a role in, in these different creative verticals. You, you bring the community along, not just for the ride, but they become actual active participants to net, to give back and create new opportunities to grow the IP that's at the center of what you're doing, right? Exactly. And and so full transparency, how I'm thinking about this with as it pertains to like the chapters, for example, right? Because we started out with um, these 10 chapters and, and there's um, 570 potential people that can collect all 10, right? That's the max that can collect. I really look at that as, or I call them the moon gods. I look, really look at that as like the core council um, and of what we do, not just here and now, but like decades from now. And this is, I believe in my head, this is something that it can be passed down from generation to generation as that, that core group that, um, and, and this is chapter owners in general, like no matter how many chapters you own, it's just that this is the council that has really this say on, the final say, you know, community should be able to submit proposals. You should have somebody be able to say, like, I got this idea or, you know, like my school really, you know, could really use some, some resources here. But the core council, because they're here now and they've been, I'm communicating with them every day, will have, they've, they've built an identity um, and like an ethos of the Aqua community. So I fully trust them to be able to, you know, put, you know, rep IP revenue or some, whatever that looks like into a treasury and have them you know, be autonomous in how they are distributing it out for these causes. Like I, I have full trust in them. And so that's how I'm thinking of these chapters is identifying these core community members that can help sustain this over the next couple decades. And you, you touched on this, you know, thinking about like, how do you, I think it's a, a relevant topic across all uh, crypto right now in Web3 is like, how do you redistribute revenue? Like, how do you you know, obviously, when you think about regulatory standpoint and, and all that, there's a lot to consider. But what's interesting when you think about tokens, right? And tokens that have real liquidity, you know, there's there's and you and you integrate that into something like a play to earn, where there's governance and there's utility. Like you look at what Axie is doing, right? Um, that 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 there comes an opportunity there to to really have this uh, robust treasury that. Um, is is liquid there's liquidity that can go and you know do these amazing things in the world 
and you're creating you on one hand are creating new opportunities and new revenue streams to bring back or funnel back to that community treasury but so is your community in and of itself right which again is like it's something i keep harping on you know not just our conversation but in, in conversations past about that community element because it is really at the crux of like what a lot of this is about and what really excites me about where this you know community slash social token movement is really going when it comes to let's let's so let's we, we've kind of outlined you know what it is you're doing the real kind of base core uh, IP asset of, of Aku. What is on the roadmap for you, your company, as well as Aku over the next let's call it six to twelve months? What are you guys really excited about? Well, what we're really excited about is the opportunity to be that first touch point for people coming from you know um, the non crypto traditional media space um, or in uh, IP uh, people who understand IP, which is pretty much everybody. Everybody's watch movies and, and grow up on char characters. Being that first touch point for them onto into crypto, uh, we really take pride in that. And so over the next couple of months, we'll start you know rolling out the announcements of the people who have raised their hand to participate and and helping us execute on this vision. Um, and 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 so people see that it's not just you know me being the Wizard of Oz behind here and pulling on strings. There's actually no incredibly hum incredible humans, some of which have seen the complete other side of what it looks like to uh, in traditional media and have come over here and said, this is actually it. Um, and this is really where this is going. Um, and so, you know, announcing that, announcing the team, announcing the people who, who have raised their hands, you know, we have a, a massive, I, I call it Oculus like coming out party in, in Miami. Um, uh, during Art Basel, December second through the fourth, which is you know fifteen thousand square foot space that we're basically uh, blending, you know, the metaverse and, and IRL. Um, you know, Aku, in our opinion, is is the, the one of the most you know, prolific digital explorers that ever exists, right? So, having this world come to life um, in this real world and, and metaverse blend is, is we see that as an opportunity to like really introduce Aku to the world as like this is ip like this is the next generational character um and then chapters are concluding in on january 30th 10th chapters out um and then from there it's um what's what does it look like from a content distribution uh after that and so i touched on it you know play to earn gaming is incredibly uh, uh a massive part of what we're doing um and so we'll be releasing phase one of that play to earn game and uh, right on the heels of conclusion of the chapters being able to retroactively reward chapter holders um where we'll release 3d aku avatars that are fully customizable and working around these game mechanics that allow you to you know get these cool wearables you know um and customize your aku avatar that will be displayed in a really cool way that we'll announce here soon um but also be able to share it on social and so by doing that we're, we're building the user base, but also allowing people to, you know, really start allocate, um, collecting their in-game assets. And then, you know, we'll release the, the play to earn game in phases. So it's new onboarding opportunities, more engaging ways to interact with Aku. Obviously, you know, play to earn, um, talking about tokens and, and getting that out there. Um, and then towards the end of 2022, we're targeting, you know, releasing the first Aku animated TV series, as well as, um, you know, a really good, uh, I would guess really final look at what the game is and letting people to start really open up and, and, and interact with this in this world. All incredibly exciting things on the horizon. All right. So let's say somebody watches this and goes, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I'm super inspired. I want to get involved, right? What is the best way for somebody who's new to maybe crypto, but maybe more specifically new to your world in Aku? What's the best way for them to get involved with what you're doing? You know, I think 
you know, right now our central hub is Discord, and people, our community in there is, is 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 able to answer a lot of questions. Um, you know, Discord is found on our Twitter, Aku's Twitter. Um, you know, the what the new Aku site will be launching this week, and you know, all the information will be there. Um, and so, um, the, there's there's plenty of ways that you can support without necessarily having to buy a chapter. You know, it's just telling your friends about Aku. We're we're we have ramped up the creative team um internally and so we're going to start you know really being um proactive on the social contents across all platforms and so you know oculus still has a personality beyond you know these nfts so there's there's several ways that you can support some are being the traditional liking and sharing of, of tweets and instagram posts others is you know if you want to you know a first touch point into crypto is these chapters that are you know schedules out you know the days uh, every Sunday. I mean, not every Sunday, but we we release the chapters on Sundays at two p.m. And the chapters that are already out there and existing. What is the best way for somebody to come in and, and buy or get a hold of of some of those? Yeah, so all our chapters have been released on Nifty Gateway. So you can go to Nifty Gateway. It takes credit card payments. Um, you can hop on there, get pre previous chapters on the secondary market. Uh, be on the lookout for new drops. Um, also on OpenSea. And so uh, under Aku chapters, you can go to OpenSea and you can see all the previous chapters on there as well. And the final question for people who want to learn more about you, I think you mentioned this, but let's read it quickly. Just Twitter, what's the best way to find you and, and find more info about Aku? If you want to talk to me pretty much directly, I'm in Discord pretty much all the time, um, but also Twitter, uh, Micah underscore Johnson3, I'm on there and, and, and also on Instagram, although not many, not not as active on Instagram as I am on Twitter. And I'm sure that's like a, that's for a lot of people in crypto. <laughs> that's par for the course. And I can attest that you are an absolute <laughs> machine when it comes to your Discord, right? I, I often joke with you about when you sleep and you respond with, well, I don't sleep much. So I guess yeah, that's, not, that's also par for the course yeah, for a lot of people in this the bags world. bags in my eyes. Yeah, seriously. You got little bean bags and stuff. Enthusiasm high, sleep levels low, man. Yeah, that's, that's certainly <laughs> par for the course. Well, look, listen, Michael, I really, really appreciate you sitting down with me. I definitely want to have a follow-up conversation, you know, a few months down the line, maybe towards the end of the chapter releases, get an update on how things are going. And really wanted to put this on people's radar because I do think that the model you're starting to run, especially with this Web3 native media company, is one that people should really be on the lookout for um, because I, I do think it's the future of, you know, community-owned IP and, and community-based um, um, IP engagement, right? So, yep. listen, again, really thank you for sitting down with me, man, and I'm already looking forward to the next time we can chat. Yeah, I appreciate this. I appreciate this, everybody, for uh, having me on and uh, excited to keep jamming. Hey there, since you got to the end, I'm guessing you liked the video. And that's probably because we don't just turn on a camera and film, we work really hard on getting the narrative flow just right. And that's why many finance companies are actually now hiring Real Vision to make videos for them. One of our recent client videos just hit 100,000 organic views on YouTube, and there were no kittens in sight. So if you want to find out how Real Vision can make a video for your company, just email us at customvideo at realvision.com.